want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives to share their top tips for success with you. I'm Adam Torres, and you can follow me on Instagram at, at AskAdamTorres. And as always, if you're interested in applying to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, uh, head on over to my website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author. Uh, really excited to have Jeremiah Quarles on the line today. He is the CEO of Q Development Partners. Um, and I'm going to try to get some information out of him, by the way. I know he's working on a corporate initiative <laughs> in southern Texas with a state representative. Let's see if we can pry a little bit out of him. Maybe we can't, but I'll try. Uh, Jeremiah, <laughs> welcome to the show. Appreciate it, Adam. Thanks for having me. And I uh, always get to, to talk with another fellow Spartan, Go Green. Uh, there always. we go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, but thank you, thank you for the uh, for the invite uh, to this uh, podcast. Been uh, following you actually for for quite a few uh, weeks now, and uh, you've been doing a great job with uh, bringing uh, some thought leaders and uh, industry experts uh, to to the table. So uh, glad to be a part of it. All right. Well, hey, I re I really appreciate your support, Jeremiah. And so let's get into the show. Um, I I want to know more about. I'm I'm just looking at your background, and I can see you've done quite a lot. Let's for some of our let's say entrepreneurial or just graduating college or maybe a couple of years out of college listeners and they're, they're looking on direction. Let's start with your background. Sure. Um, so a background uh, originally from, uh, from the Michigan area, uh, a small town by the name of Flint, Michigan. Uh, you may have heard of that uh, as of recent, uh, as it as is dealing with the uh, water crisis there over the past close to uh, four and a half years. Um, and uh, went to school at Michigan State, uh, studying finance there. And uh, along the way, um, stumbled into uh, the economic development industry uh, about 12 or 13 years ago, uh, and uh, I have been doing that ever since. Uh, can you so can you private, define that for some of our listeners that may not be, you know, economic development industry? We all have our buzzwords. Well, can you define that, please? <laughs> sure. Uh, so at its core, what uh, economic development is, is uh, basically bringing jobs uh, to a specific uh, area uh, and also reinvesting that wealth, i.e. taxpayers' dollars, uh, uh, in a smart growth uh, way uh, to actually build a city uh, and create uh, economies of scale. So that's pretty much the core of it. Uh, within uh, economic development, you have pretty much three uh, different disciplines, which is uh, business attraction, uh, which is basically, I mean, you, you hear a lot of the, uh, the HQ2s and uh, the big corporations looking to come to the area. Um, the business attraction side is one. Uh, then also uh, business retention, which is really um, the backbone of, of economic development. And that is basically uh, an exercise of, knowing who your existing industry and businesses are, uh, thanking them for investing in, in your community, uh, but then also uh, addressing any challenges or needs that they may need moving forward. And then the third leg of that stool uh, is, is mainly marketing for the most part. Um, again, marketing in the area, uh, telling uh, who, who you are uh, from a city standpoint, from a regional standpoint, and marketing that to uh, said audiences uh, moving forward, um, speaking to specific industries. So that's pretty much the uh, the overview uh, of economic development, but then also there's complexities as well uh, within it. Again, you're talking politics, you're talking public policy, crafting that. Uh, again, you're always talking to business communities uh, moving forward and uh, everything in between. So uh, every day is different, uh, which is exciting. Uh, I love it, uh, and that's why we uh, we stay we stayed in it uh, for nearly 15 years. Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, economic so development in a nutshell. So when you went, when you got out of college, I mean, that was that your plan? Is that what you were thinking in school, or was this kind of a pivot? Absolutely not. <laughs> so uh, my background, I uh, studied uh, up in Michigan State, uh, was uh, in finance. So I got a uh, 
um, business degree uh, there at the Eli Bro uh, School of Business. Uh, and uh, again, like like much business and accounting uh, finance uh, students, uh, you know the the natural pathway is to uh, Fortune 100, Fortune 500, and or you know working on the street, um, i.e. Wall Street uh, in New York in some capacity. Uh, so I had a chance to actually experience that uh, during my time at Michigan State. Uh, was successful in four internships during that time, uh, three with Motorola and then one with uh, Gillette, uh, all in. Uh, uh, Chicago and Boston, respectively. Uh, so my path for me was to be ultimately be a CFO in the uh, the corporate 100, corporate 500 uh, realm. And <clears throat> one of the things that actually changed for me to change the uh, trajectory uh, for me was um, actually going to South Africa and uh, studying the history, uh, doing a study abroad program there, studying the history of uh, South Africa, but then also uh, learning about the uh, parallels that uh, some of the things that were going on there, high parallels to uh, the 60s and 70s of, of the United States. And uh, from there, uh, learned that I wanted to do a little bit more than um, uh, go into corporate America, which is no knock, but uh, for me, I had to have a, a more tangible uh, impact. Uh, and see the things that we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis uh, to, to help improve the, the lives of everyday citizens. So um, really the, the change in trajectory for me was actually the, the trip and study abroad program in South Africa, uh, where I still wanted the uh, finance and um, uh, accounting background, but then also wanted to have a greater impact on uh, the everyday people as well. So, um, yeah. how, how important is studying abroad to you, like in general? And I'll tell you where I'm coming at with this. So sure. I studied abroad a lot. I studied in, I mean, my, I was James Madison College International nice. Relations, and I studied, and some of these were through the college. Some of these I just actually paid for, and I didn't even <laughs> get credit for them. I just, I just saw the importance. And so I studied in Mexico, Spain, Belgium, Czech Republic. I mean, I did oh, a bunch of stuff in college. And, yeah. um, I mean, what did it do for you? And I guess I'd relate this question for two different type of listeners. For one, somebody considering studying abroad. For two, somebody who has children who are telling them, come on, let me study abroad. <laughs> um so for me, uh, the importance was that you, you actually uh, had a chance to see the world uh, through all its lenses. Um, we're lucky enough uh, through Michigan State University, which has one of the largest, if not the largest, study abroad programs in the United States. So uh, we have to pick up the litter of where we want to go either for, uh, you know, a semester, for three months, or even for spring break, right? Uh, so, you know, with that being said, uh, I wanted to see the world. Uh, and uh, Michigan State uh, and the opportunities afforded me to do so. Uh, and, and the importance of that is that actually from a business standpoint, in my case, I was able to see how currency was run, how policy was run, uh, and then from an international management standpoint, uh, which took me to Europe uh, for one study abroad program, um, I understood with the language of business and how it was run on the, uh, on the European side as well. And that was during the time where actually they were going through the uh, change in uh, currency uh, to the EU. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my time over uh, in the study abroad programs in Europe as well as um, uh, South Africa, and also I did a, uh, a study abroad program quickly at, at, in Mexico as well, Cadetado, Mexico, uh, all were beneficial to shaping me uh, into professional that I am today. Uh, but then also, it, uh, you know, uh, it's real life lessons learned uh, during that process. Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, and I and that's for any, and that's why I went to Michigan State and for for their study abroad program because it was one of the largest. And for anybody listening, um, I, I think studying abroad is one of the most important things to do. Something about us being landlocked by these two oceans is um, <laughs> is, is Americans we don't get. 
um, real perspectives of what's actually going on outside in the in the in the world. We only get what's fed to us, even with social media, even with all these things. It's still it, there's still there's still certain things that are allowed to get to us based on who's paying money to get them to us. I mean that, that's just the bottom line. Absolutely. Um, let's, I can talk about this all day, though, and I would like to get transition now, <laughs> Jeremiah. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, about what you're doing as uh, CEO over at Q Development Partners. Who are your um, Who are your clients? How do you help them? Yeah, so uh, what we do off uh, Q Development Partners uh, is um, uh, a company that we started uh, two years ago. Uh, while right before I got back into my uh, my MBA studies at the University of Notre Dame. Um, and basically, essentially, what we do is we offer services in economic development, uh, site selection, project management, and commercial real estate consulting for businesses, local municipalities, and nonprofit organizations. So, uh, in essence, uh, what we're doing is economic development, and we split it over to the private side. So, um, instead of me actually worrying about uh, and also trying to help a particular city, uh, now my footprint is much, much larger, larger to where I'm able to help out on the private side, uh, not only here in, in North Texas, but also uh, outside the state of Texas as well. So, uh, in a nutshell, that's what we do. Uh, and uh, again, it's uh, still two years young, uh, so we're we're still tweaking uh, and also, you know, looking to scale pretty soon. But we're tweaking uh, as we go and um, yeah, it's, uh, so far so good. So far so good. So, is there uh, is there anything you could tell me about that about that project you're working on right now with the state representative in Texas? Or no, is that a, is that a no go? You know, I have to ask. I have to ask these things. Come on. So I wouldn't so I wouldn't be doing my job if I don't try and get the, if I don't try and get the the dirt. One of the things that uh, and I'll back up. Um, one of the things in North Texas, specifically uh, Dallas. Um, uh, we've been lucky uh, from an economy standpoint to where uh, construction is always booming uh, here in the area. Relocation uh, companies are coming here, uh, you know, almost it seems like every month. Uh, most recently, one of the biggest uh, um, uh, headquarters that we have uh, comes to the area was uh, Toyota, among many. Uh, but that was a huge impact because of the uh, the ripple effect uh, from a different culture actually coming into the uh, to the North Texas area, um, the Japanese culture. Um, coming into the area is really, really huge. So uh, with that being said, uh, North Texas is a huge relocation destination, but Dallas in particular is a city that's half built. Dallas, Texas is a city that's half built. Wow. Uh, and I say that, yeah. And I say that, um, so within the conversation of the history of, of, of this uh, great city, uh, for all the great things that's going on, um, south of the Trinity River, which is basically uh, south of downtown Dallas, there's mm -hmm. a huge opportunity for uh, new growth uh, and development uh, while still maintaining the integrity and the topography of, of the beautiful landscape uh, south of the Trinity River. Uh, everything north of downtown is pretty much gray space. You have a lot of the uh, corporations coming that way uh, naturally, uh, but then also it's just, you know, just a lot of things going on. So there's untapped opportunity south of the Trinity River. Uh, and the project that we're working on is actually, uh, again, hand-in-hand -hand with, uh, you know, with the state uh, legislator. Uh, is to bring uh, that movement that is going on uh, north uh, to the uh, to the southern half of the city. So we're laying, we're in the process of laying the groundwork right now, partnerships uh, from a local um, uh, uh, political standpoint, but then also uh, from a workforce sustainability standpoint as well. What does that look like moving forward? One of the big things that uh, the economic development profession uh, has really, really uh, taken a look at uh, internally is what is economic development moving forward? Uh, and also how do you respond 
to uh, disruptors, uh, much like Amazon, that pretty much turned the process, uh, which historically has been discreet, on its ear. Uh, everybody knew about the process of uh, Amazon and HQ2. Uh, it was pretty public uh, from day one. But with that being said, uh, one of the things that uh, Amazon was looking for um, was uh, talent and uh, sustainable talent over uh, years uh, to, you know, actually bring in this uh, the second or third uh, regional headquarter of some sort. Uh, and, you know, some regions worked, some didn't. Uh, we all know the, uh, the ultimate end goal of where they went. Uh, but some of the things that we're trying to address moving forward in the, uh, the city of Dallas and also the, the, the metroplex proper is uh, do we have um, the sustainable workforce uh, to where another company like an HQ2 or whatever, uh, maybe not that big, but we, we answer the question and check the box of uh, sustainable workforce development. Uh, is our, are our people uh, here uh, actually ready to go and be hired uh, in these particular designations or certifications um, or what have you in the tech space, healthcare space, um, to where, you know, it warrants a huge relocation um, looking in the area and they want to be here. Uh, so that's one of the things that we're working on. Um, you know, uh, right now, without going into too many detail, but that is a project that uh, we're, we're very excited about and uh, looking forward to, you know, having an answer to that probably in the next uh, two to three years. So. Oh man, I love to hear. I love to hear entrepreneurs doing big things. Look at you changing, changing landscapes in Texas. I'm <laughs> a fan. That's awesome. It takes a lot of people to put together a, a project and to move and development along. Um, sometimes people think you drive by and you have this construction and that just happens. No, there's hundreds, no. maybe sometimes <laughs> thousands of people that are involved in the process of getting that particular project done. Oh, my gosh. So, I, hey, I marvel at it. I appreciate um, you, of course, coming on the show, spending your time to share your insights and information with my audience. Um, to the, oh, where, where can people find you, Jeremiah, if they want to inquire about your services? Or what's sure. the website or how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, yeah. sure. I am on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, so, Jeremiah Quarles, J-E-R-E-M-I-A-H, uh, Quarles, Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. Um, also, our website, uh, is Q Development Park. I'm sorry, Q Dev Partners. Site Leo. Me. Uh, again, that will be on the, the the LinkedIn profile as well. But um, Q D E V Partners. S I T E L I O. M E. Uh, again, or you can just Google. Development partners as well, and it'll pop up. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Well, hey, thank you again for coming on the show, Jeremiah. To the listeners, thank you for tuning in as always. Um, don't forget, if you want to apply to be a part of one of my upcoming books as a co author, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author. All right, Jeremiah, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Mm-hmm.